This is Let Her Finish with Steph and Becky. Hey, welcome to Let Her Finish. I'm Becky. And I'm Steph. This week we are going to talk all things periods, which I think is usually a fairly, less so now, but a fairly taboo topic. But I think it's quite important. And I think it's something we both have a fair amount to say about. And it's something that I think, okay, we're a house full of girls and we talk about this all the time. Yeah, I always wonder whether people in mixed friendship groups talk about it quite as much. And I, I'm inclined to say that they don't. I don't know if like half the world's population are experiencing this and it's just not really brought up, then there's probably quite an issue there. And I think just kind of unpacking why it's stigmatised and the history of it all and how we can move forwards. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start off at where I think part of the like root of the problem is and where the stigma first arises. And I think that is sex ed at school. Because I don't know about you, the only sex ed we really had at primary school was like an hour or so in year six. And we did sort of like the basics as a class but then they separated the boys and the girls and the boys went off well they got to stay in the classroom actually which I was a bit bitter about but they sort of learned about like wet dreams and stuff that would affect them and the girls got taken out of the classroom to go and talk about periods and pads and tampons and I think the fact that we were separated for that means that actually through a lot of our development we didn't really understand what was happening in terms of puberty to the other people in our class which made it weird and in some cases everyone thought it was a bit gross I don't know whether you had like a similar sex ed experience. My real memory of that kind of conversation in the school setting was only when we were in, I think, year seven or eight. And the nurse like literally showed us how to put a sanitary towel on your pants and stuff. But we were separated then. And I do think it didn't help making people who menstruate feel like this is nothing to be ashamed of. And this is completely normal. And it's nothing to be scared of or teased for. Because like you say, the boys were separated even for us. And I remember there was like, no one really cared what the boys were being taught. But everyone knew what the girls were being taught like everyone talked about it and I don't know what the right way to go about this is if people should all be in the same classroom because I know if that were me and all the boys were there I'd have felt pretty intimidated at the time it's weird as well because I think school children or like school age children are quite prone to laughter Mm. and embarrassment and stupid comments not that you ever get adults that don't make stupid comments but I think at the time it felt more comfortable being separated and feeling like yeah I'm in a girl's environment this is great but the reason we feel more comfortable in a girl's environment is because we're scared of like male attitudes and the male attitudes are kind of perpetuated by the fact that they're not being educated about what we're going through or what people that experience periods are going through I think in the long run it might have been uncomfortable for half an hour a week or whenever periods were being discussed but I think it's led to a lot more stigma and uncomfortable interactions now and it was uncomfortable at school as well because just I don't know about you but half the school were scared of pads and tampons (laughs) and they didn't like so some people don't know what they look like until they're what like 18 19 no I completely agree with you I think as much as I think you're right like as much as it would have made me uncomfortable at the time the whole thing was uncomfortable anyway so either we were all together and I'd be uncomfortable or we were separated and I'd be uncomfortable and actually in the long run being all together would have I think just maybe having like more teacher input would have had more control over the book like the teasing about it because if the teachers I don't know if it was something that everyone knew exactly the same as what everyone else knew like no one knew less or more than the other person you can have more kind of management for teasing um which I think would have been beneficial 
Mm. And so the role of the teacher in that situation as well is quite important because I remember that everyone thought I was really bold for if a teacher refused to let me go to the toilet, they're like, I'm on my period, I need to go. They just thought like the word period was win, blah, whereas they like preferred or it's that time of the month. Why am I using like five or six different words to say what the actual single word would cover and explain? It was just to make other people, oh. people feel more comfortable. It's like all these things that we're unpacking now that I didn't think of at the time, but it's actually, it's just baffling. Mm. But I was thinking of one memory when you were talking about like in a classroom situation. So in science lessons, we had bag racks and you'd have to put your bags there. And we had to take our blazers off and like put lab coats on. So you couldn't even hide a sanitary towel in your blazer pocket. And it was always such a stress. Like you'd specifically go to the toilet before a science lesson so that you wouldn't have to ask to go to the toilet and then literally pick up your bag from across the classroom and leave because then everyone would know. I used to, because like we took our bags into lesson, but if you picked up your bag to go to the toilet during a lesson, it was so obvious and really embarrassing and people would be like, where are you going? Mm -hmm. And if you just said, well, go to the toilet, then they make a massive fuss. So I got really well trained in sort of like digging around in my bag, finding a tampon and then like shoving it up my sleeve. And just like- holding my sleeve sort of at the end so it was tapered and nothing could come out and there'd be a tampon at my sleeve and then I'd ask to go to the toilet and walk out as if nothing was like not wrong but as if it was I was just going for a pee I I really 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 hope kids nowadays in school are not going through this but I don't know if it actually is the case because like it didn't even feel that difficult at the time like yes I was nervous the first few times I had to go to the toilet and whatever but I don't know about it's you, just wrong. our school toilets were really grim and I hated <laughs> the school toilets and being forced to use them while I was on my period to like change a pad or change a tampon was just a horrible experience. Part of what we like wanted to talk about as well feeds really well into this in terms of the packaging that pads mm. and tampons come in because I remember being at school and feeling really, really awkward changing a pad or a tampon because of the sound of unwrapping the packaging. Mm. And they were like girls' bathrooms. So <laughs> all the other people that were using those bathrooms knew what was going on and everybody else was doing it too but there was still this like intrinsic fear of somebody knowing but that it just is ridiculous because it happens to you every single month for a very substantial amount of your life it's so normal just another human being you can't possibly have them know that something that happens to you every single month is currently happening to you it's crazy this isn't just an isolated like school kind of incident as well because it's I think it's Tampax as well have advertised silent wrapping on their period products and I remember you saying when we first talked about this that your instinct was like oh that's a really good idea the ad on Twitter came up my newsfeed and I was like wow that's so that's like the dream that's ideal and then I saw the comments under the ad on Twitter and people were being like why is it anything to be ashamed of why are we literally moving mountains to make everyone else more comfortable than our own selves Mm for something that's so normal that I think there is one product that they sell that's called like always discreet or something and the smaller sanitary towels and stuff the word discreet it all is just part of this kind of narrative that these products either advertise themselves for and the feelings that we as young people who do have periods feel it's all like secrecy and hide it from everyone and don't let anyone find out because you're going to get teased you know everything has to be so like hidden and secret and private and it leads to just really damaging thought processes for people who are experiencing things like endometriosis or illnesses that don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it because of this stigmatization that starts from when you start your period and is perpetuated by the literal companies that are meant to help you 
yeah and I think part like I don't know if you period ads don't come up that much I don't watch that much tv anymore but I remember watching adverts for sort of always or tampax or whatever and the whole thing was like you can wear this pad and look you can't see it but mm. you can still go and play tennis or you can they like... were always doing sports in those ads yeah. like <laughs> the most adventurous activities and I could guarantee that the models in the, like <laughs> those ads probably weren't wearing big bulky sanitary towels but they just used to annoy me quite a lot because having worn pads before they are not that discreet a lot of them compared to what they're pictured as in the adverts and I think telling people like your entire advertising campaign being look we can hide them don't worry is mm, it's just as you said it's perpetuating this horrible narrative of don't talk about periods don't think about periods they Mm -hmm. might as well not exist don't worry non-period havers don't worry like you don't have to interact (laughs) with them but with the ads specifically I also always think you, okay I don't know what the legalities are in terms of how much you can show on tv and what you can't and there's a mm. whole other conversation to be had about that but I don't think I've ever seen a period ad for tampons or sanitary towels where you actually see the product it's always like a diagram of the product yeah it's always like an illustrated animation of a person putting a sanitary towel over their pants or something but this is the thing is you definitely can have somebody stood in their underwear on a tv ad because like you see that in exactly. other ad campaigns and say like a Calvin Klein ad or quite a lot of perfume ads they have models in their underwear but less than (laughs) yeah or less than but for a period campaign which requires you to think about anatomy in a certain part of your body they'll have a model stood in her pants but the actual yeah you're so right just I don't think I've ever seen a real tampon on an advert before this is where I'm so thankful for Instagram because literally only on Instagram that I've ever seen a so there's many accounts like at feminist or whatever Mm -hmm. post pictures of women in their underwear and then you see like the tampon string hanging out or something or like a patch of blood from where they've bled through their pants and that happens to literally everyone and we have to hide it and feel ashamed about it and whatever else and to see it on Instagram and to be like oh someone else has it just like me and it's normal there's thousands of likes that feels way better to me than a Tampax out of a girl playing football I think they must think it's relatable and it's not and I great like I really do not to completely crush these adverts I really do appreciate the message of you can still do stuff on your periods because I think there's a bit of a trope of people being on their periods and being too moody or too in pain or just completely not capable anymore and I like the idea of yeah you're actually really capable and you can do that and go for it but I think they're missing out the main part which is just make it normal Mm, you have the opportunity you have the platform and yet you're kind of shying away from actually selling your product you're selling an ideal instead which never really ends well continuing on the discussion of the advertising and the kind of product side of this we were talking about how in the toilets we go to there's normally a little dispenser vending machine I don't know where you can buy yourself a sanitary towel or a tampon and we they're were... really expensive though I just like to say they definitely <laughs> try and squeeze money from their markets but from yeah. your emergency situation <laughs> yeah but you can't avoid oh, I think we were actually talking about how those silent wrappers one of the beneficial things is if you are someone who uses the men's 
toilets but needs period products that could actually be an absolute saving grace for you that could be just exactly what you need so that's a you know an upside of a maybe controversial point but we were wondering because me and you have never actually been into men's toilets before we were wondering do they sell sanitary products in there and I don't think they do I think it's the kind of thing where you would have heard a lot of backlash if they had started selling sanitary products in the men's toilets because there is just like a historically ingrained assumption that periods are for women and that is not the case by any means when do you have uncomfortable situations of you know which toilet you actually belong in but other people might disagree with you having as you said silent or quieter rappers actually potentially willing like improve your safety and allow you to have the bathroom experience that you deserve in a way that sounds a bit bizarre but it's something that I think they do need to think about because there are going to be people that need access to period products and having to go into multiple bathrooms or concede your identity just because of the amenities that are available to you is really not good at all. I think just overall making periods more normal would mean seeing a sanitary product shouldn't come as some huge shock because they're meant to be in secrecy. Like if they're selling them in your toilets, hopefully one day it won't be a big deal. Mm. And I'm not on TikTok, but there's been quite a lot of stuff recently now about women sending their boyfriends into like department stores or supermarkets or whatever, telling them to go and like, go look for this product, like this feminine hygiene product, blah, blah, blah. And it'll be like a silly name and whatever. And the guy will go in and actually just have no idea idea we made a product so they were destined to fit anyway but the fact that they have no idea about what's on offer or different sizes or people time daytime <laughs> it's like tampons go up in size based on the size of your vagina and not your <laughs> like, all this this kind of thing that should be completely normal and talked about but people are so oblivious to it because it's just not something that they've looked into or been taught that's the thing like this is the consequence of the boys not being in the same room as us when we're being taught about period products or periods mm. at all because now they have no clue and you can't even really blame them for it because they weren't taught but at the same time once you're eyes are open to more it's on you to do the work to find out more yeah that's but, definitely right and then you don't get a whole generation of men that think a pad sticks to your vagina and not your pants i think as well because it comes across like if you're say you don't have a sister or you're in a house of predominantly people that don't menstruate i think some of the education that you might have otherwise had in a home setting you still don't get so even if school misses it you'll have a sister or a mum or like a relation that chats about it more casually mm. i'm quite open about it so my brother just has to listen um <laughs> but not everyone has it like that and i think it comes across mm. then when people start getting into relationships with people that menstruate and they don't particularly know how to deal with it or just having friends and making not great assumptions i kind of want to get into a discussion about people going oh are you on your period then if mm. people are in maybe not the best mood because yes hormones while you're on your period exist and they change things and it's not great all of the time but they're natural and I despise it when people assume that I'm in a bad mood because I'm on my period because chances are I'm in a bad mood because of you (laughs) (laughs) not because I'm on my period and this used to happen all the time at school as well I don't know if it was common for you guys but and do you know what it actually I actually feel guilty saying this because these boys were my friends and that's wrong in itself that they were my friends but they still yeah. if you looked at them funny it would be like oh you're on your period and at the time you just brush it off or you yeah, you wouldn't want to cause a stir but 
it is actually really offensive and really disrespectful and it just belittles you and that's another thing that's wrong about this whole topic is that men or people who don't menstruate have the ability like the capability to belittle you for something that's going to happen to you for the rest of your life yeah and something normal and that's crazy (laughs) part of what frustrates me most about this phrase is that it's not inquiring after your well-being in any way it's like a targeted like I'm here to kind of wind you up on purpose and the fact that they're even asking shows that they know Mm -hmm. you're not in either the best of moods or the best of mentalities and for people to still ask even if it's intended well even if they're going oh like are you on your period do you need anything blah 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 like it still is a bit insulting because mm. what if I'm not as well or like what <laughs> what if you're not on your period because then in my head it means that bad moods are associated with periods and I don't just des- like I don't get to be in a bad mood or upset by anything if I'm not being ruled by extra hormones I think there's two things to say on this I think firstly for the situations where people are saying it to wind you up it's kind of like okay so when we're having a serious conversation about periods periods you get embarrassed and you don't know a thing but you still take advantage of the term to belittle us anyway and then the second point you were making on like even if it's a they think that like caring for you or whatever it's in my opinion it kind of just means that the other person can compartmentalize your bad moods into oh her strange alien hormones that just aren't her versus when you're actually in a genuinely bad mood mm. and I don't know like I, a week of like a week every month for the next however many years of my life I'm not allowed to be genuinely upset everything mm. that could potentially upset me in that week is invalidated because it's hormones so many things have that's a, like a quarter of my adult life exactly and ev- like it's as if every one of your emotions during that week is just dismissed because it's your period yeah and that's not the case no. I don't know about you as well but at school I used to put so much extra effort into trying to be happy on my periods because I did not like the idea that somebody could turn around to me and go like why are you so annoyed like you're on your period ha 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 and that's bizarre but it's you just know? another example of like people on, who have periods doing everything they can to make people who don't have periods more comfortable <laughs> yeah I don't know about you as well I think people in general across like the internet and people that I meet in person are a lot it might just be that we're older now so we have a bit more experience and we know where we stand on these issues but people that I encounter are a lot more open and a lot more vocal about their experiences and they're less willing to hide what they go through as people that menstruate I don't know mm, no I do agree I think it has definitely become more of a talking point and I don't know how much of this is just down to us becoming older and not in a school setting anymore or oh, high school honestly we talk about it in every single episode <laughs> I think it just shows how important it is in terms of letting people it's where you start your proper development really isn't it because primary mm. school you figuring out how to like write and read and make friends and all that kind of stuff and you get to high school and when puberty kicks in it's kind of like okay this is how the rest of the world works not just my tiny little microcosm of it's really formative mm. so I think a lot of things that are issues now can be traced back there because that's when you first started your proper like learning journey Mm -hmm. and it's upsetting that we can sit here and maybe recognize that a lot of issues that we see or that we recognize in other people can be traced back there because you could change quite a lot if you try (laughs) especially now that a big pop like proportion of the high school population have access to the internet yeah I wonder how much it's helped or hindered everything because my experience of it because the other thing is you get to choose who you follow on social media so if you don't want to hear about periods you don't have to no and equally but then like like the accounts you and I follow well 
they're built for people that have periods quite a lot of the time as well because they recognize that people that menstruate need empowerment and they need support and they need to know that they're normal but people that don't menstruate are going to be a lot less interested in them because they don't see it as something they need to educate themselves about because it's not something that they go through and I have to say there's like a lot of things that only affects men that I don't take the time to learn about but I wouldn't say that things that they deal with is quite as politicized necessarily no and because the, the, there's no point in belittling other people's problems especially when they are affected primarily by anatomy but it there comes a point where you have to realize that if half of the adult population menstruating on a monthly basis so what like four to eight days each time there has to be some more public acknowledgement of what that actually involves what happens during that time and the effects that that can have on people in a more serious way than just oh she's in the mood I do think with the tampon tax ending, I think it was in January, wasn't it? I don't know about you, but I saw like Boris and people even tweeting about it, like government officials tweeting about it as like a celebratory, you know, tampon tax has been cut and whatever. But just it was odd to see on Twitter and like on social media, people who have never in their lives publicly spoken about periods all of a sudden engage with it. And in one, on the one hand, I was like, this is a good thing, right? Like, this is what we want. We want it to be normal. But on the other hand, I was like, this is just uncomfortable because I know that behind that screen, you're uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, I think the first point you made about the ministers, I find really interesting because this is not a new topic of conversation. It's Mm. been around for quite a while and it shows the, the need for the public to have a desire to make something change because realistically, half of these ministers don't give one, really. They could not care less and they just bow to sometimes the will of their constituents or the will of the nation or just internet frenzy or whatever. Or they do share these opinions and care about it a lot. Maybe they've got family that they like are affected by it, but not something that any of them have been particularly outspoken on before. A lot of the people that were tweeting or celebrating or whatever, and they congratulate themselves on a big step that, as far as we're aware, hasn't been something that they've thought about for particularly long. And you're right, it's important for it to be out in the open and discussed a bit more. But I think it's important that you acknowledge it's uncomfortable at the start because it'll make you maybe push on a bit more and get over the discomfort. I think in terms of it being in the political world as well, just a shout out to the book The Guilty Feminist by Deborah Francis White. A lot of her book at the end talks about the period poverty and ending the tampon tax campaign and all the rest of it. And that was actually set up by a teenager. She was the one who was campaigning for ending period um, tax on period products and whatever. And I don't know about you, but I didn't see any of that in the news at the time when the tampon tax was abolished. I just saw, wow, one good thing to come out of Brexit. Actually, it was the hard work of a teenager. I think there's there's two sides to this, because on the one hand, I find it really empowering. And I think it's important that everybody sees that teenagers and young adults are really, really capable of making a significant change and kickstarting something really, really important. Mm. But then you take into account the campaign about period poverty, then the upskirting that we looked at a couple of episodes back and Mm -hmm. stuff like Greta Thunberg and the climate school strikes and it makes me incredibly sad that young people have to give up so much time in their like development to put so much effort into making a difference when the adult population aren't making quite as much of a difference or if they're trying it's Mm, in a different way. I think that's something that Greta especially talks about a lot like I swear in a lot of her speeches she like she's like I'm a child this is not my job yeah I should not be here trying to make you do your jobs you know, there's two sides to to every coin because as amazing as it is for each of these like activists and all the work they're doing is really, really admirable and inspirational and 
whatever else they shouldn't have to be doing that work it's like it's genuinely empowering and I think it's quite motivational it it makes people maybe look at themselves a bit more I don't know about you but when I hear about a 16 or 17 year old doing something really impressive I'm like god I'm 20 what have I done (laughs) but (laughs) oh we've done this (laughs) we've done But then another part of me, I just, I respect them so much and they deserve so, so much praise. But I I pity them for having lost part of their childhood to an issue that's affected them so much that they've had to do what people in caring or more powerful positions should be doing anyway. And part of it might just be that we're predominantly the people that do menstruate are women. Mm -hmm. And by no means do they make up the entire population of people that menstruate. That's really important to consider. But less of them are in powerful positions or fewer in powerful positions. And we're getting to the point where we are getting, we are now seeing people that aren't white men (laughs) reaching uh, more influential roles and I think that's why changes may be starting to happen because you have a more diverse ruling elite or a more diverse government and then people start thinking about the changes that they want to see for themselves rather than trying to guess what the rest of the country wants. No I think that's really true that's another side of it so it's like a good thing and a bad thing but another element is that you know if it wasn't for these people who don't look like our government does would these changes have come about? And that's a really important thing that we can all bear in mind. Yeah. Also on the subject of tampon tax and stuff like that, I do the uh, student newspaper at uni here. And in our inbox the other day, we got a really interesting press release about a campaign by Modi Body, which is a like sustainable period pant company um, about how despite the fact that the tampon tax is gone a lot of other period products are still considered luxury goods and then that means that I think it's the forgive me if I'm wrong on this but the VAT remains on these products so you're paying like a luxury level tax for these products when actually when you think about it tampons are great and they shouldn't have to pay a luxury tax at all but period pants are serving the same purpose they are there for the same reason for a lot of people they're actually a better option in so much as you pay a single cost they're sustainable they will last you for a lot longer you don't have the same issues with toxic shock Mm. as you do with potentially tampons and that obviously is rare but for some people that's a reality and it's quite scary don't have the issue of keeping wrappers quiet because the pants just absorb the blood themselves and I think like they're an incredible product and I don't get why when in like removing the tampon tax the government just didn't turn around and recognize that there are other period products out there it seems a bit obviously it's really important but to me it seems a bit performative to sort of say oh we've done this yay woo, we're done now and Mm. ignore all the other stuff too (laughs) I feel like it's very symptomatic of a patriarchal government to just kind of give one thing out of 10 and say that's Mm. the job done because we've covered the essential haven't we it's a tricky one because part of the period product industry is many companies just trying to monetize something that we desperately need. And so taking advantage of that means we have 50,000 different options, which is great if you're a person who you know needs this or that or whatever. That's great. Having choice is, is amazing and we don't want that to go away. But at the same time, these products, while there is 50 different choices, are all essentials because they all serve an essential purpose. Yeah. And the Modi Body is one brand, but I know there's more brands brands now starting to create these reusable um, period pants which is absolutely amazing because of the sustainability element and everything else but on the one hand I can kind of understand at what point do we say okay no every single brand under the sun cannot be classed as an essential. At the end of the day I get that certain companies like the whole business model of our like capitalist society means that if you set up a company like this you have to make some form of 
profit you have to be able to pay people you have to be able to sustain your business and that's a whole different conversation but at the same time you're providing a service to a group of people that don't get to choose whether or not they have a period or not I think especially for again taking Moddy Body as an example yes it's beneficial for them to get rid of this extra tax but at the same time their company serves a really diverse range of people and like I got some period pants the other day and I'm going to hold my hands up and say they are fantastic I'm thoroughly enjoying <laughs> them like they're just they make my life easier they're just great I enjoy them but they work for a whole bunch of different people for different reasons and there is the like comfort element pads aren't always that comfy I have to say neither are tampons especially not if you have to like be busy doing other stuff for a while then there's a point that I think is really fascinating of especially during a pandemic as like a frontline worker if you are doing shift work and you have to work for like 10 12 hours at a time and you don't get that many toilet breaks these are safer for you because the Mm. issue with toxic shock is when you wear a tampon for too long and like bacteria grows and it's inside of you and has horrible horrible effects it can be really really dangerous but with these like it's not quite the same and you don't have that risk and they do provide comfort that you otherwise may not have and also I swear you were telling me how Muddy Body also makes like boxer shorts pants yeah so it is as well an inclusive brand yeah it's definitely catering for quite a wide market and the only issue I will say is that the upfront cost is not as cheap as a box of tampons so if you have a certain amount of money you're not going to be able to go to Muddy Body and say yeah I'll take a single pair of pants for 20 quid because like it is a fairly big price to pay for one pair of pants whereas like a box of tampons is what three quid something like that part of it is government commitment to sustainability and environmentally friendly policy and part of it is recognizing that actually this is a product that could work for a lot of people in a really positive way and then seeing the intersection of that and saying well yeah we're going to try and make it as easy as possible for people to utilize this product and reap the benefits of this product and they just haven't done that I feel like at this point, just as much as logistically, whatever, get removing tax from every single period product might be just unrealistic in our in our government and in our society, or whatever. Just like an acknowledgement that no, having a period is not a luxury. Yes, it is essential. Yes, it is a necessity, like a necessity, the product. And I also think as well, you were mentioning key workers in pandemic. I was thinking I've seen a few campaigns about homeless people and period products because I know there's always trolleys at the end of Tills and Aldi or Sainsbury's or wherever where you can donate food and whatever. But I don't think I've ever seen period products donated. That's that's an incredible point because I had really not considered that. You just have to have access to stuff because otherwise you're not particularly healthy. I don't know about you, but like in high school and in primary school, we used to do harvest festivals every year. And like you donate your can of soup or whatever. And they always used to line up all the donated food at the front of assembly. And we'd have a talk that day from the charity we donated to. And again, we'd never donated period products. It was never on the list of things that you could donate. It was always like a toothbrush, toothpaste. Yeah, I find it really interesting that obviously like free contraception is given on the NHS and that's really important. That's a fantastic initiative. And But I can walk into a pharmacy and get free condoms, but I have to pay however much money to get sanitary products for something that I don't choose to do or not. This to me, though, I don't know if you've ever seen this quote before, but I've seen it flying around where it's like men should be thankful. Women don't want revenge. They just want equality because we're not even asking for free, pro- like free period products. OK, yes, that would be ideal, but that's not even what we're fighting for. We're literally fighting for no tax. Yeah, it's 
not a like no luxury tax exactly if I could stop bleeding once a month I would very much choose to do so (laughs) (laughs) but it just annoys me quite a lot that it's something so small and so simple and it's just not given as much thought as it really should be no and I also think like all these conversations we have and just thinking about how you know our own society doesn't think that our periods are essential it's tiring to deal with this and to actually unpack it all and think every single item in the supermarket that's taxed and isn't taxed and just knowing that something that happens to me every single month for a huge amount of time is just considered either they don't think about it or it's considered luxury and that is just and in a way as well, sort of not thinking about it I think there are definitely two attitudes and one of them is like ignore it it's not happening and the other is like well it's not as bad as you think it is like why are you complaining mm-hmm. and in terms of like pain and sort of enduring periods I'm fairly lucky where I really only get cramps on the first couple of days but I don't think the pain element is taking as taken as seriously as it could be no I mean I think I've seen people on Instagram say like imagine if we lived in a world where you were allowed if you were needed to you're allowed days off work for when your period really made you so incredibly ill like I think I follow a girl on Instagram who has endometriosis but she always talks about it like every month and she literally lies on the floor throwing up three days of the month and she cannot move and she's got like fever and all the rest of it and it's just not just but it's because of her period and you know she's a social media influencer or whatever so she has the luxury of working from home but say you don't Mm. and you have to just get on with it it makes such a big difference and I think it's sort of talked about not as much as it should be because I think then Mm. oh come on like it's not that bad and you get all these guys going wow period pain have you ever tried being kicked in the balls like (laughs) it gets turned into a competition and it shouldn't be a competition it should just be a you're telling me that you're in pain and I believe you what can I do to help so we're literally at the point where just acknowledgement that someone believes us would mean more than anything else because everyone kind of brushes off your mood swings or whatever it's just a period or a bit of pain is oh it's just normal it's just part of a period but for some people there's something a lot more going on Mm. the acknowledgement part ties in a lot with the medical profession in terms of people going to the doctors and saying this is too much I'm in a lot of pain this is weird like something is wrong and then going "Mm, probably just period pains to be honest or Mm -hmm. it's probably just this or it's probably like there's an entire culture of medical professionals dismissing women for like lower abdomen pain and not really looking into it that much and just sort of making a decision and that's the decision that these women get even though they know it's not what's going on it's just sad honestly but um I was also going to say about how that it kind of links to the problem of back in high school when the boys would say like oh is it your time of the month it means that you don't want to tell anyone when you are in pain Mm. because they're just going to tease you and now that's manifested itself into a medical setting where the severity of what you're experiencing just isn't believed because women for so long have been told you need to endure this pain and get on with things that when we do speak up about it it's like well why can't you just endure this pain Mm. part of it is I don't know about you but going to school with boys who I know now are going to train to become doctors (laughs) and having seen their reaction in high school to periods and yes they might have grown up but these kind of ideas are ingrained for a reason because they're constantly like reaffirmed and all of that kind of stuff I would feel terrified going to a GP and it being one of those boys and thinking I know exactly where you stand on this and I know that I'm not going to get any further with you because you already formed your opinions and mm. you already had an attitude I mean we can only hope that med school will erase that but I don't know who knows I think we'll round up now but I just want to say this probably sounds like quite a complainy negative episode and 
don't know about you I never intend that to be a thing when we start recording no. um so I'm sorry if it's got you all down in the dumps <laughs> but <laughs> I think it says quite a lot about the experience that we have obviously we'll cut it down but we've been recording for over an hour now and we've had this much to say about periods and our experiences and like marketing and all of that kind of stuff I think that says quite a lot about we need a different direction in terms of advertising in terms of just open discussion Mm. and I mean honestly we could have made a whole episode about any one of these topics we've discussed today like yeah this is never ending but I think one thing to take away is just that things are looking up the end of tampon tax is a huge deal even if it's not enough it's still a huge deal I mean the discussion of gender inclusive toilets will make a massive difference just continuing the conversation is what eventually creates change so thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed and if you didn't enjoy we hope you learned something again at the end of the day if you realize that you're not quite as clued in on a certain topic have a look into it you might find it really interesting and learn quite a lot thank you for listening bye thank you bye bye This is Let Her Finish with Steph and Becky.